We come to the 30th hadith, the hadith al-thalathun, the 30th hadith. And Abi Tha'labit al-Khushani Jurthum ibn Nashir. So the authority of Abu Tha'labah al-Khushani Jurthum ibn Nashir. رضي الله عنه عن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم. From the Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم قال that he said إن الله فرض فرائض فلا تضيعوها. Indeed, Allah has obligated فرائض obligations فلا تضيع فلا تضيعوها. So do not lose them. وحد حدودا فلا تعتدوها. And he has set limits and boundaries. فَلَا تَعْتَدُوهَا Do not transgress them, those limits. وَحَرَّمَ أَشْيَاءَ فَلَا تَنْتَحِكُوهَا And he forbade things. So do not violate them. And do not carry them out. وَسَكَتَ عَنْ أَشْيَاءَ رَحْمَةً لَكُمْ غَيْرَ نِسْيَانَ and he remained silent about things. Rahmatan lakum as a mercy to you. Ghayr nisyan, not due to forgetfulness. Fala tabhathu anha. So do not search about those matters. Do not inquire and search into those. Yani. Uh, ask concerning those matters. Hadith on Hassan, Rawahud Dar Qutni wa And that hadith is a good hadith, hadith with a good chain, and it was recorded by Ad Dar Qutni and other than, than Ad Dar Qutni. Now, so this is the 30th hadith narrated by Abi Tha'laba al Khushani Jurthum ibn Nashir. Naam, Al-Khushani, which is a nisbah, an inscription to Khushain. Uh, Khushain, or it's also said Khushaina, uh, a famous tribe. Qabil Mashhura, a famous tribe. Naam, Al-Khushani. And he was from the well-known uh, companions, from those who uh, took place or were present uh, in Inda Bayat al-Ridwan. That Bayat and that pledge known as Bi'at al-Ridwan, or oh, that Bi'at that was Tahta al-Shajarah, as, as, as is mentioned in the Quran, Tahta al-Shajarah, uh, that pledge that took place under the tree, or by the tree. Now, and that was in the sixth year, the sixth year after the Hijrah, and the reason for that Bi'at, that uh, pledge, was that the Messenger of Allah, <coughs> he went with around 1400 men, 1400 of the companions, and it's mentioned 1500, uh, they went to perform Umrah. Yani they were in Medina, and they intended to visit the house in Mecca to, for the purpose of performing Umrah. And the Messenger of Allah, uh, he was prevented by the Mushrikeen. He was prevented by the Mushrikeen, and so he sent uh, Uthman ibn Affan, Uthman ibn Affan radiallahu anhu, 
he sent him to the to the mushrikeen to inform them that the messenger of Allah did not come to fight them. He didn't come for the purpose of, 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 of war or to fight them, but for the purpose of visiting the house and to make ta'deem and to magnify the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, however, the mushrikeen, they withheld Uthman with them. They, 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 they prevented him yani from returning uh, back to the Messenger of Allah, Wasallam. And then rumors began to spread that they killed Uthman. Anhu. Rumors began to spread amongst uh, the, the Sahaba that they killed Uthman. Anhu. And so the Messenger of Allah, Wasallam, he said that we will, not, we will not leave until we fight them, until we fight the mushrikeen. For them, killing Uthman based on this rumor that had spread. Now, and so he called the people under the tree. He called the people under the tree and uh, they took the pledge to fight until death. To fight until death due to yani, that rumor that had spread that they had taken uh, the life of Uthman. Radiallahu anhu. And so... <coughs> The mushrikeen, they, they heard about this pledge and that the messenger of Allah, messenger of Allah the sahaba now intended to come and, and to fight them. And so they, they, they struck fear into the mushrikeen uh, and they sent Uthman back. They sent Uthman, radiallahu anhu, they sent him back. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he mentions concerning this, لَقَدَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ Allah mentions this in the Quran, لَقَدَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ إِذْ يُبَايِعُونَكَ تَحْتَ الشَّجَرَةِ Indeed, Allah... Radiya is pleased with the mu'mineen, with the believers. If you buy shajara, when they, uh, yani, uh, pledged, when they took the pledge, tahta uh, shajara under the tree, and so you hear in the verse, that Allah is pleased. So that's why this this bayat was known as bayat ridwan, bayat ridwan. Now, so. Uh, Abu Tha'laba was present um, from those companions who uh, took part in this pledge. Now, and he eventually settled in Sham, uh, where he died in the 95th year after the Hijrah. The 95th year after the Hijrah. Now, and he used to say and he used to make dua, and he would say, "Inni arju Allah Allah kama arakum he said, I hope that uh, Allah doesn't cause me to uh, يعني, suffocate and to choke يعني, when a person does when he's at the point of death. Um, uh, يعني, those pains uh, of death. Um, as I see you يعني, suffocate and struggle at the point of death. Um, and so he died whilst he was in sujood, whilst he was praying. And it's mentioned, mentioned that his daughter, she saw in a dream that her father had died. And she woke up suddenly. She suddenly woke up from this dream when she saw her father die. And she called out, Aina Abi, Aina Abi, where's my father? Where's my father? And he was said to her, he's in his musalla, in the place of prayer. And so she came and she called him and he didn't respond. And then she went and she shook him, but he dropped and he fell and he, was, he, was, he died. Radiallahu anhu wa anis sahabati Now, he narrates this hadith from the Messenger of Allah, that the Prophet he said, Inna Allah farada faraid. 
Indeed, Allah has obligated faraid, obligations. فَلَا تُضَيِّعُوهَا So do not lose them. Now, so here, al-faraid is well known, refers to the obligations, that which must be carried out, that which, that which a person must adhere to. A person has no choice. If something is fard or faraidah, the plural is faraid, then a person has no choice. Yani the matter is finished, it's sealed. A person must carry that uh, action out. Now, and al-fard and wajib, you, you hear them. Yani uh, referring to the same matter, the matter of uh, yani something being uh, obligatory. Now, or something that is mandatory. So, fard and wajib refer to the same uh, thing. Now, and the definition of uh, yani that which is fard or that which is wajib, that which the scholars they give, is, as we, as we mentioned this before, is ma yuthar fa'ilu wa yu'aqib wa yu'aqib tariku. Now, Farda or a wajib, an obligation, is that which ما يثافعله The one who does it is rewarded ويعاقب تاركه And the one who leaves it, doesn't do it, then he is punished. That's the definition of farḍ or wajib. So like we said, you have no choice, you have to do it. If you do it, you're rewarded. But if you leave it, you don't do it, then you are punished if Allah wills. Now, but there is discussion concerning the difference between fard and wajib. Now, from the uh, angle of ta'theem, from the angle of ta'theem and sin, then they have the same meaning. Hmm? Meaning, whoever leaves off a fard, he's sinful. If, we, if we're going to call something fard. He's sinful. Likewise, if he calls something wajib, and we use that term to describe that thing, wajib, likewise it's the same thing. If he leaves it, he's punished. So from the angle of ta'theem and sin and being punished and so on, then fard and wajib mean the same. So the scholars don't differ there. However, from another angle, some of the scholars, they differentiate between fard and wajib. Now, so from them, some of them, they said that the fard, and we're talking about the differences between fard and wajib. We said that from the angle of the sin, of not performing it, then the meaning is the same. But from another angle, then some scholars differentiate. So fard, some of the scholars, they said that that is that which its dalil and proof is qati', qati', which means a decisive, definitive proof. So, a proof clear, clear in the Qur'an. Clear in the Qur'an of the obligation of something, so the salawat, that is fard. Fard, because a clear proof. Clear proof. Now, or in the sunnah, mutawatir. Mutawatir. Yani because mutawatir is, you, you feel, yani, uh, uh, yani yaqeen, as the scholars they mention. 
Mutawatir, we know that we mentioned this before. If someone can remind us the meaning of mutawatir. Impossible for them to come together. Now, so a narration or a hadith that has been recorded at each level within the chain of that hadith. We're talking about the chain of narrators. At each level, a number of narrators, a large number of narrators, at each level that is impossible for them all to come together upon a lie. That's the meaning of mutawatir. So a hadith which is mutawatir gives to us that same certainty of the Qur'an because the Qur'an also is mutawatir. The Qur'an has come to us through mutawatir. Huh? At every, when the Qur'an has been passed down, it's been passed down every level, every cha- every, at every level of the chain that it has come, yani with a number that it's impossible for all of these people to come together upon a lie. Now, so, some of the scholars, they mentioned that the difference between a fard and a wajib is that the fard, its proof is a dalil that is Mutawatiriya or qati decisive, finishes off the matter. Huh? Now, and those same scholars say that the wajib is that dalil which is vanniyan. Vanniyan, it's not, it's not at that level there of outright certainty. Yani vanniyan, yani, um, yani vanniyan. Huh? Ah, well, it's difficult sometimes to translate some Arabic words. Vanniyan, yani, it's like suspicion. However, yani, don't let it come to your mind that it may, yani, there's no certainty here. I mean, there is a degree of certainty, but not the same as the dalil, which is qati. Speculative. Speculative. However, as we know, in the Sunnah, there are hadith that are sahih, authentic. But they are not at the level of mutawatir. But they're authentic. Clearly authentic. So those are hadith now. Because they haven't reached the level of mutawatir. Now, so some scholars differ there. Meaning they differentiate between fard and wajib from this angle. And then some, they said that fard is that which is established in the Quran. The obligation is established in the Quran. And then wajib is that which is established in the sunnah. Hmm? Whether it was mutawatir or, uh, or ahad. Hmm? Now, however, the majority say that there's no difference. There's no difference between fard and wajib except for yani, when the obligation is, is highly stressed, then it becomes fard. Hmm? So, the five daily prayers, fard. It's highly stressed. Fard. Now, now, so the five daily the, the five uh, daily prayers, the five pillars, um, then they are referred to as being farb. And we, we know in the hadith, the hadith of uh, Mu'adh ibn Jabal, when he when the hadith of Ibn Abbas, where he mentioned that the Prophet Prophet he sent Mu'adh ibn Jabal to to Yemen, and he said, inform them, and Allah farba alayhim farba Allah has made obligatory upon them the five daily prayers in the day and in the night, and also the zakat. Now. Um, and here in this hadith, in Allah farada faraid, Allah has obligated obligations. Faraid here comprises of both the faraid, the two types of faraid. As we know, we have that fard which is fard aini, al al aayan, which means it's obligatory upon every individual. 
obligatory upon every individual. So the five daily prayers obligatory upon every individual. A psalm, a zakat, and and so on. The, the, those well-known um, <coughs> obligations which are fard upon every single person. Now and then we have that fard which is kifai or fardul kifaya, fard kifai. Now and that is that collective obligation, a collective obligation. Naam, such as the Salat al-Janazah Salat al-Janazah So obligatory Collectively Collectively Likewise Radd al-Salam Replying to the Salam Or Al-Amr bil-Ma'ruq Nahin al-Munkar Commanding the good and forbidden evil The definition of Fard Kifai is uh, As the scholars of uh, Fiqh They mention That Fard Kifai is Yani uh, 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 قام, they say, إذا قام به من يكفي سقط الإثم عن الباقين. The fard kifaya is that which, if they they, يعني they they carry those who carry that fard out, if there is sufficient uh, number of people to carry that out, then the sin drops from the rest. If a sufficient number of Muslims fulfill that obligation, then the sin falls off, or falls from the rest. However, if no one fulfills the obligation, then the sin is upon everyone. The sin is upon everyone. That's the definition of a fard kifai. Fard, fard ayn is simple, Obliga- obligatory upon everyone. Whoever doesn't do it, that's the definition we gave. Huh? Uh, the one who does it, he's rewarded. The one who leaves it, punished. Fard kifai is that obligation, that obligation wherein a number of the Muslims have to carry that out. If they do so, then the sin drops from everybody else. However, if no one comes, no one carries out that obligation, then the sin is upon everyone. Now, so this here in this hadith, in Allah fard faraid, it comprises of both types of fard. Now, fala tudayyuha. So do not. Lose these obligations. Don't neglect them. Don't fall short concerning them. Rather, hafidu alayha. Preserve them. Don't lose them. Don't neglect the obligations. Naam. And there's coming in Surah, Surah Maryam. وَخَلَفَ مِنْ بَعْدِهِمْ خَلْفٌ أَضَاعُوا الصَّلَاءِ وَاتَّبْعُوا الشَّهَوَاتِ فَسَوْفَ يَنْقَوْنَ غَيَّا They came after them a group who lost, lost their salah. They lost their salah. Uh, and they followed their desires. Because ultimately, if you, if you leave off the obligations, then you followed your desires. You followed your desires. The, the obligations, ayyuhal Muslim, don't leave off the obligations. Every single one of us need to remind ourselves to preserve those obligations. Those five pillars. And other than the five pillars, then we, should, we need to make sure that those things we don't compromise on. Yes, Iman increases, decreases, it's going to decrease. We're going to fall short. We're going to sin. We're going to, we're going to be, there are going to be things that we don't carry out, we leave off, or we compromise in. We don't carry out in the best of manners. Hmm. Even the, some of the, uh, the salawat that are not wajib, but highly recommended, sunnah and so on. And we may fall short in those and may at time to time leave off those prayers, busy in life, hmm? and we leave off those uh, prayers or other actions, 
But the obligatory actions, la tudayyuha, do not lose them, as the Messenger of Allah mentioned in this hadith. Now, wahdha hadudan, fala taatadouha, and he set limits. Allah set limits, so don't transgress those limits and those boundaries. Meaning, يعني حد حدودا he placed wajibat and muharramat obligations and uh, things that are forbidden and they are they are the boundaries they are the limits they are the limits so the wajibat are hudud the obligatory matters are limits فلا تعتدوها don't go beyond them don't transgress and the haram are limits also but those don't go near them and so we find for example in the quran we find that sometimes when the limits are mentioned allah mentions fala ta'taduha do not transgress them and go beyond them and then we find sometimes when allah mentions the limits he says fala taqrabuha do not come near them we're going to mention that but here when hudud the hudud when we talk about the wajibat being hudud the obligatory actions being limits, then, يعني, here the limit, limits is referring to either that which is farad or wajib, or that which is mustahab, recommended, or that which is mubah, allowed. Allowed. And so for example, uh, يعني, the obligations are well known, those obligations that we mentioned, uh, but even marriage, it's mustahab, it's allowed for you to get married. Hmm? So, uh, yani that's a had Something which is allowed Something uh, that Ithan has been given from Allah hmm? Permission has been given And uh, Likewise uh, yani It is something That a person has been recommended to do. Yani It's been recommended for a person to do that um, However Without going beyond That boundary And so now a person He gets married Hmm. Yani to reap those benefits from marriage um, However he shouldn't go beyond that So now he shouldn't um, uh, Fall into haram Due to yani, him uh, Taking on that recommendation And performing that action He shouldn't now have relations with her yani, When she's on a menses Or He shouldn't uh, have relations with her yani, Through the rear passage hmm? So you should, yani marriage is there, it's halal for you and it's allowed, and it's recommended. Hmm? But yani that limit there, don't go beyond, don't, don't transgress. Likewise with food and drink, food and drink allowed. Hmm? Um, however, don't go beyond and yani don't fall into haram, don't fall into israf, hmm, and being yani, yani extravagance, don't fall into being wasteful and so on. And likewise with earning wealth, yani earn the halal, it's there, allowed for you to earn a living. Hmm? But without going beyond bounds. So now to earn that money, you take riba, interest. Uh, or yani you fall into some kind of haram uh, in order to earn that money. Likewise with clothes, many examples. Hmm? Allowed for you to wear clothes, but don't fall into haram. Hmm? There are limits. So for men, don't wear silk. Hmm? Now, and so... Hudud, Hudud can refer to three matters. So Hudud and limits 
if you hear after the word hudud, and it's in the Quran, if you hear after the word hudud, la ta'taduha, don't transgress those limits, then hudud he is referring to the allowed and the wajibat and the, the obligatory actions and the mustahabat and the mubah allowed. Hmm? Because even the wajibat, yani it's from an angle, it's ma'dhun. Yani it's permission has been granted for you to do that. Even the wajib. Although the, yani we say allowed, it doesn't mean you're just allowed to do it and you have the choice. No. You have to do it. But it's something you can do and it's something you will, you must do. Hmm? So, again, if after the word hudud, after hearing hudud, after it comes, فَلَا تَعْتَدُوهَا Do not transgress beyond them. Then that is referring to? What? تَعْتَدُوهَا uh-huh. It's for good. Something referring to that which permission has been granted. Whether it is obligatory, whether it is mustahab, recommended, or whether it is allowed. Now, and if you hear after hudud, limits, لَا تَقْرَبُوهَا Do not approach them and come near to them, these limits, then that is refer- the hudud here is referring to? Prohibitions. 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 Now, and so for example, uh, in the Quran, in Surah An-Nisa, where Allah mentions about inheritance, the laws of inheritance, يُوسِيكُمُ اللَّهُ فِي أَوْلَادِكُمْ لِذَّكْرِ مِثْلِ حَدِّ الْأُنْفَيَيْنِ Allah uh, orders you concerning يُوسِيكُمُ اللَّهُ فِي أَوْلَادِكُمْ Concerning your children, meaning after you die, and the inheritance, the portions that are to be given to your children. And then the verses that come after uh, concerning the portions and the amount that each person who inherits from the deceased, the amount that they are to receive. And then Allah mentioned, Tilka Hududullah, after all of that. Tilka Hududullah. وَمَنْ يَعْسِ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ فَإِنَّ لَهُ نَارَ جَهَنَّمُ Tilka Hududullah. They are the limits. Meaning these portions here. Huh? And that which your inheritance can take from you. Hmm? These are uh, the limits. And look how after mentioning the hudud, Allah mentions from ta'ah to obey. So whoever obeys Allah and his messenger, then he will enter Jannah فيها وذلك الفوز العظيم he will enter Jannah. He will enter Jannah and abide therein, and that is a tremendous success. And whoever disobeys Allah and His Messenger, so now we're here going beyond, going beyond the limits. So here, Hudud is referring to what? Something that is permissible, but what 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 is it that preceded? The inheritance, the permission to give this inheritor this much and this inheritor this much. Huh? Naam. So here uh, we hear yata'adda to go to transgress. Likewise in uh, Surah Al Baqarah Allah mentions about at-talaq, at-talaq marratan fa imsaakum bi ma'ruf aw tasrihun bi ihsan. Divorce is twice. Either you uh, keep the wife after the, pronouncing the divorce within that waiting period you keep the wife you decide to take her back with good terms under good terms or let her go likewise 
يعني on good terms ولا يحل لكم أن تأخذوا مما آتيتموهن شيئا it's not allowed for you not halal for you and permissible for you to take from them that which you gave them meaning from mahram dawi because you divorce or you say give me my dawi back not allowed not allowed so it's not allowed to take back that dowry. Except for if you fear that they won't be able to maintain the limits and withhold the limits of Allah. However, if you fear that they will not be able to uphold those limits, then there's no harm upon both of you. Which means, if she, there's no harm upon you if she then ransoms herself. Meaning, because the context is what? Taking back that dowry, not allowed. However, if she ransoms herself, now this is referring to the khula. Huh? The divorce, yani the husband won't divorce her. He doesn't want to divorce her. But she wants to ransom herself. She, she's not happy in the marriage. She wants to... Yeah, and leave the marriage, end the marriage. So she ransoms herself. This is called khula. And khula is the iwad. Uh, like compensation that the, husband, yeah, that the uh, wife has to give to the husband in order for him to let her go. Hmm? So here now Allah says that there's no harm in taking from it though if she huh, ransoms herself. And she gives you huh, a compensation. Tilka hududullah. Hmm? Those are the limits. Don't go beyond them. So hudud here is referring to what? Something which is allowed. What's allowed here in this verse? The khula. But what specifically? Taking. It's allowed for you here now. There's no harm upon you if you were to take from that dowry. But don't go beyond the bounds. The limits. So here is something which is allowed. Now. So we said, whenever hudud is mentioned and after the is mentioned after, then it's referring to something which is either obligatory or something which is allowed or mustahab. Akwaz in Surah Talaq, Ya ayyuhan nabi, ida talaqatumun nisa, fatalikuhunna li iddatihin. O Prophet, if you divorce your women, then divorce them in their prescribed periods. Wala tukhrijuhunna min biyutihinna, wala yahrujana. Do not expel them from their homes. Yani, from, yeah, don't, don't expel them from the, house, from the homes. Don't say you can't live with me now because I divorce you. Go. No. From the rulings of divorce is that after the husband divorces, she must stay in the same house as the husband to that waiting period. And likewise, likewise, they are not allowed to, the women themselves are not allowed to go. And this happens with so many, so many, so many times uh, you hear a brother divorced uh, his wife and is kicked around. And she herself goes back to her parents' house. Not allowed. Hmm? Except if they came, if they, if they committed uh, illegal sexual intercourse, and she fought, she committed adultery. Hmm? In that instance, it's allowed for you to say, "No, you're not even staying in my house. Go." Allah. They are. The limits of Allah. Huh? And 
And whoever transgresses the limits of Allah, then he has oppressed himself. So what's hudud referring to? Something allowed. Because after it came, it adda. Okay. But what's allowed? To expel her from the home. If she committed adultery. Now, but other than that, then don't transgress. So then, you hear a brother, he say, him say, uh, I can't stand her. And she didn't commit adultery, but now he's transgressing the bounds. Because that's not a reason for you, for you to expel her. I can't stand her. No, that's not, you're transgressing the, 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 the boundaries now. And the limits. Now, an example where uh, hudud refers to haram is in Surah Al-Baqarah also. Uh, as Allah mentions that allowed for you uh, the nights of Ramadan yani when you're fasting yani to have relationships with your wife the nights of fasting with, at the night you're allowed to have relations with your wife now until Allah mentions وَلَا وَأَنْتُمْ عَاقِفُونَ فِي الْمَسَاجِدِ And do not يعني, uh, have relations with them and come close to them whilst you are in اِعْتِقَافِ in the masajid, in the mosques. تِلْكَ حُدُودَ اللَّهِ فَلَا تَقَرَبُوهَا They are the limits of Allah, so do not come near to them. What's haram? So hudud here refers to what? Haram. What's haram? Coming close to the woman. Yani having relations with the woman whilst in itikaf. Now, likewise, hudud can come, and this is in the sunnah, hudud can come with the meaning of al-uqubat. Yani the punishments, prescribed punishments. Now, so hudud can either mean, <coughs> yani if it's, if it's followed with i'tida, transgression, then that refers to, hudud refers to the Obligation. obligations, that which is allowed. Hmm? Or, if it's followed by not coming close, then that refers to prohibitions. Or it can it can refer to the uh, punishments. Like it's come in the sunnah, uh, wherein the messenger of Allah he said, he said, La yujlid ahadun ashrati aswat. That uh, no person is to be uh, lashed more than ten times. Except for a prescribed punishment from the prescribed punishments of Allah. Now, so hudud here is referring to those prescribed punishments. Now, and he forbade things, certain things. So do not carry them out. And here, what we understand from Ashya, because in, the, in this hadith, the Messenger of Rasulullah, he said, وَحَرَّمَ أَشْيَاء And he forbade things. Here the scholars, they mention that Ashya, here, it, it shows to us that that which has been made forbidden, يعني, are just a few matters, that's it. وَحَرَّمَ أَشْيَاء And he, he, he forbade things, certain things. Yani which shows to us that the majority of things are halal or allowed. But there are certain things that he 
forbade. Now, and so for example, the majority of food foods are halal, except for that which has been made haram. But the majority is halal. So, lahm al khanzir, the flesh of swine, pig, haram. Mm. Likewise, uh, the dead animals, uh, the mater, <coughs> the dead animals and the predatory animals, and so on. Likewise, from the drinks, the majority of drinks are allowed except for khamar, naam. And likewise, with clothing, majority of clothing, halal, except for few things for men, mm. silk, naam. Naam. Fala tantahikuha. So do not. Tantahikuha يعني refers to يعني the meaning is uh, to trusp, uh, trespass and to uh, violate. But also can have the meaning of irtikab. يعني don't, don't perpetrate them. Don't carry them out. Allah has forbidden things so don't carry them out. Now, so don't fornicate, don't steal, don't take riba, don't, don't kill, don't uh, murder, don't commit adultery, and so on. No. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, farada faraid, farada faraid, he obligated obligations, fala tudayyuha, so do not, don't lose those obligations, and they are, they are hudud, they are the limits. Fala ta'tadduha, so don't transgress those uh, obligations and those uh, limits, and that which he has allowed. Likewise, Allah has haram asya. He has forbidden certain things. Fala tantahikuha. Do not carry them out. Don't do them. And they are also hudud. They are limits. Don't come near to them. Don't come near to those, to those limits. Wasakata an asya. And he remained quiet. Allah remained quiet about certain things. And this again shows to us uh, the belief of Ahl Sunnah is that Allah speaks whenever He wills, uh, with whatever He wills. Allah speaks whenever He wills. And if He wishes, at a certain time He doesn't speak. Sakata and Ashia. This is not, yani, as the scholars mentioned, uh, a sukut of not being able to speak. No, we know Allah can speak whenever He, he, he wills. But this is Allah, as has as the latter part of this hadith mentions, غير hmm? not due to forgetfulness, or not that he is not able to speak, but rahmatan lakum, but as a mercy to you. Now, so Sheikh Ibn Taymiyyah he mentions لم يقل فيها شيء لم يقل فيها شيء meaning that Allah did not say anything concerning them, not that he is not able to speak, no. لم يقل فيها شيئا. He didn't say anything concerning them. Meaning these matters that are مشكوت عنها. These matters that have, يعني, nothing has come concerning them. Then Allah did not say anything concerning them. لم يفرضها. He didn't obligate them. ولم يحرمها. Nor did he forbid them. ولم يتركها ناسيا. Nor did he leave them due to forgetfulness. وَمَا كَانَ رَبُّكَ نَسِيَّ Your Lord is not forgetful. وَلَكِنْ رَحْمَةً رَحْمَةً لَكُمْ However, Allah didn't say anything about them as a mercy to you. 
So if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala لم يفرضها, He didn't obligate them. وَلَمْ يُحَرِّمْهَا And he didn't, he didn't make them forbidden. So what does it make them? Mubah. He makes them allowed, ahsant. Halal. He makes them halal. Those matters that are muskut anha. Yani nothing has been said concerning them. Then, yani, nothing has been said concerning it being obligatory. Nothing has been said concerning it being haram. So then, the default is that it's mubah, allowed. Now, and so the default with the matters is that it is allowed, all allowed, unless there's a text to say that it is haram, or that it's obligatory. Mm-hmm. However, this is, uh, uh, not in ibadat, not in the actions of worship, not in the religion, not in the aqidah. Huh? As uh, Sheikh Ibn Thameen, and again, this is still the kalam of Sheikh Ibn Thameen, that he said, Naam, uh, that, uh, and I read this, the kalam of the Sheikh uh, directly, because it's kalam that is mufid. He said that uh, that is why we say, Naam, when he said, Man ibtada'a fi deen Allah, ma laysa minhu min aqeedah, or qawl, or amal, faqad intahka hurumat Allah. Because he mentions prior to that, which I should have read it, he said, uh, however, this is in other than the ibadat. He says, because the ibadat, قَدْ حَرَّمَهُ حرم اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلْ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says, because Allah has made a haram that anyone legislates into uh, the religion, any act of worship into the religion, that which he has not uh, permitted. Naam. And so, this enters into حَرَّمَ أَشْيَا فَلَا تَنْتَهِكُوهَا Meaning, a person can't come and say that, well, celebrating the Prophet's birthday, nothing has been mentioned about it. Hmm? There's nothing mentioned about it, so it's allowed. No. Because innovating into religion is haram due to وَحَرَّمَ أَشْيَا فَلَا تَنْتَهِكُوهَا And he has forbidden things. The things that he has forbidden is to innovate into the religion. And so the Sheikh, he says, whoever innovates into religion, that which is not from it, from aqidah, from belief, from speech, and from action, then he has carried out that which is haram. Uh, and la yuqal, it's not to be said, هذا مما سكت الله عنه. This is what Allah, this is something that Allah has remained quiet about. Because the asal fil ibadat, the origin in the acts of worship, is al-man'a. Is that, is pre- yani, prevention, to prevent ourselves from performing an act of worship, hatta yaqum dalil alayha. Up until a proof, uh, yani, is established, uh, yani, for that action of worship. Now, uh, and then the Sheikh, he mentions a nice point here. He says, um, to give an example, and this, uh, yani, clarifies us and shows to us a good example, um, to show to us the meaning of this hadith today. Um, he says that, um, there's a, a mas'ala and, a, and an issue, yaktus su'ala anha. Uh, we, there are many people that ask about this uh, this issue. رَبُّمَا نَعْرِفْ حُكْمُهَا مِنْ هَذَا الْحَدِيثِ Perhaps we may know the ruling of it from this hadith. He says, يَسْأَلْ بَعْضُ النَّاسِ وَلَا سِيمَ النِّسَاءِ هَلْ يَجُوزِ الْإِنسَانِ أَنْ يُزِيلْ شَعْرَ السَّاقِ أو شَعْرَ الذِّرَاعِ أو لَا يَجُوزِ يعني, More specifically the women, especially the women, they ask, is it allowed for a person to sh- remove the hair, shave the hair of the arms, 
and يعني the legs يعني the shins and so on especially the women um, but the question also we'll ask is is it allowed for the men um, Al-Jawab he says the answer is uh, that the hair of a person is of three types um, the first is ma umara bi izalati that hair that a person has been commanded to remove that hair and then ma nuhiya an izalati that hair that a person has been forbidden from removing and then what's the third type that which is silent about it okay so the first type what do we say it was a person has been commanded to remove so that is Huh? Beard? You got to you command it to remove the beard? Axe, axe. Axe. Pubic hair. Pubic hair. Sha'ana. And also, the armpits. The person being commanded to remove those. Commanded. So, farb. Huh? Commanded to remove the, uh, that hair. The second type? The, yeah, the, the, the hair that is forbidden for a person to remove. So, the beard for, for the male. Now. And so the third is that hair that has, yani there's not, nothing has been mentioned about uh, yani the hair, uh, that particular yani hair that, that nothing has been said about. So here the Sheikh, he mentions um, that the first type is well known, that's the uh, beard. Uh, we said that the, a person has been commanded. Uh, what did we say the first type was? To go with the same order? Commanded to remove. Commanded to remove, so the, uh, as we said, the private area. So the first type of hair, that, that hair that a person has been commanded to remove, <coughs> the hair of uh, the private area and also uh, the, the armpits. The second type, that hair that a person has been commanded to keep and leave. So that is uh, the beard for the man. And the third type, that which nothing has been mentioned concerning. Um, so concerning the hair of the arms 
or the chest for example for the man uh, or the legs then this is the third category the third category so baqiyat al-shu'ur as sheikh ibn Thaymin, he mentions that the rest of the hair other than those first two type the first uh, two types naam allati laysa fiha amrun wala nahi that which there is no command there's, there's no command there no is it a, a prohibition فقال بعض الناس so some people said إن أخذها حرام some people said that taking that hair removing that hair is haram لقول الله تعالى عن إبليس due to the saying of Allah سبحانه وتعالى concerning إبليس ولا أمرنهم فلو يغيرن خلق الله and I shall command them and they will change the creation of Allah so this is يعني something that points towards it being haram. This is what shaitan will whisper to the people and command the people to do, to change the creation of, of Allah. And so that hair that appears on the arms, appears on the uh, legs and so on, and that is from the creation of Allah. So, Shaykh, he mentions that um, some people said it was haram. هَذَا يُسْتَثْنَ مِنْهُ مَا أُمِرَ بِإِزَالَتِهِ كَالْخِطَانِ وَمَا أَشْبَحَ ذَلِكَ What's, what ex, yani, uh, exempted from this is uh, yani, uh, circumcision. Because that is, you can say, change in the creation. As we know, that yani, has come clear. Circumcision yani, is exempted from this, the changing of the creation of Allah. Now, uh, Meaning, they said that if a person removes the hair from his arms and his, uh, her legs, then that is changing the creation of Allah. بينما كان ساق ساقه فيه شعر أو ذراعه فيه شعر أصبح الآن ليس فيه شعر. Because why? Before they used to be hair on, it, on her arms, hair on her legs, and now there is there is there is no hair. So that she has changed the creation of Allah. So this is what what some people said. ولا شك أن هذا القول والاستدلال وجيه. There's no doubt that this position, this and using this as an evidence, this verse in the, in the Quran, it has an angle. It has an angle. لكن إذا رأينا أن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قسم الأشياء إلى ثلاثة أقسام. However, if we look to this hadith, then we see that the Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم he categorized the affairs into three. Into three. قلنا هذا مما سكت عنه سكت عنه. Then what we say when we look at this hadith. And the things being categorized into three, that this is the removing of the hair here. Now that the, the, we're talking about the arms and the legs, or the rest of the body, then this is from that which nothing has been mentioned. Nothing has been mentioned. That third category. لأنه لو كان ينهى عنه لا ألحق بما نهي عنه. Because if it was forbidden. If it was forbidden, then it would be يعني, uh, with those things that have been made forbidden. وَهَذِهِ قَرِينَ تَمْنَعْ أَنْ يَكُونُ هَذَا مِنْ بَابِ تَغِيرِ خَقِّ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلَ أو يقال هو من تغيير المباح Meaning, this prevents us uh, from uh, saying that this is the changing of the creation of Allah. وَالَّذِي نَرَى This is Shaykh Al-Tameen. He says that which we see in this matter is أن الشعر يبقى ولا uh, so that which he sees according to the Shaykh, that the hair is to be left. The hair is to be left, and it's not to be uh, يعني, shaved or cut short. 
Allahumma illa idha kathura bin nisa except for if yani uh, a woman in the case of a woman she has much hair hmm? then uh, in that case then uh, it's permissible for her to uh, to remove it because he says falmar'a muhtaja ila aljamal wattajammal because a woman is in need of beautifying herself the woman is in need of beautifying herself fala ba's so there's no harm here the woman she is in need yani she has yani that which is uh, beyond the norm then she is allowed to remove that hair we're talking about yani that hair of the arms and the legs wa amma ar-rijal as for the men fayqal kullama kathara ash-sha'r as for the men it is to be said that every time yani there is more hair more hair dalla dalaka ala quwwati ar-rajul with the man in the case of the man the more hair he has then that's a sign of him yani the strength of his manhood ha huh? strength of his manhood yani um so there's some of you looking at the arms of his his uh, the, the the hair on his arms and his maybe even his chest ha huh? to see if he's uh, a hairy beast <laughs> but according yani according to sheikh sal al-fawzan hafizahullah and again as a sheikh he said here walladhi nara this this is my opinion Sheikh Al-Fawzan, he was asked about the, the men removing the, the hair of the chest, even the legs, the arms. He said it's permissible. Permissible. Because according to this hadith, and it's as the Sheikh even mentioned, either the affairs are that which has been commanded or allowed, according to this hadith, Allah, in Allah farada faraif. Either Allah has made things obligatory or allowed, or harrama ashya. Or he forbade things, and the farth you must do, don't lose them, and the haram, huh? don't come near to them, and don't carry them out. Wasakata an ashya, and he remained quiet about things. So here we have three things: that which Allah made obligatory, that which Allah made uh, haram, and then those things that Allah remained quiet about. And so here, this particular issue comes under the third. And nothing has been mentioned concerning removing the hair of yani the, uh, the the arms and the legs and so on and so it comes under this and the asal with the muskut an anha or muskut anhu is the origin with that which yani nothing has come concerning is al mubah that it is allowed now that was the 30th hadith the hadith of abu thalaba abu thalaba al khushani radiyallahu anhu and next week we uh, carry on with the 31st hadith هذا وصلنا وصلنا على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين